Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is sponsored by Freedom Mortgage, dedicated to veterans and your homeownership needs. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash CBS Vets, NMLS 2767, Equal Housing Lender. up i'm matt singson i am a beer nerd gooseberry pumpernickels i have a love-hate relationship with ipa <laughs> crushable very chuggable what kind of hops you have in this one mm-hmm. uh when i taste it it tastes crisp is there a dog tag that, that's in there now let's go ahead and share the love with the other staff who are looking at us drinking all this beer wishing they could do it <laughs> hey welcome to another beer podcast my guest today does not disappoint. His name is Glenn Tomlinson, and he is the president and owner of Home of the Brave Brewing Company, Museum, and Bruseum in Honolulu, Hawaii. And he is a history buff. We get into World War II history. He owns a museum that he affectionately calls a Bruseum. You can go and, and touch the history yourself while you're drinking a beer we get into what it's like to live on the island and uh, some of his successes and struggles he's had in the beer industry Uh, and of course i got to taste one of his beer so please i hope you enjoy it without further further delay i give you glenn tomlinson of home of the brave brewing company in honolulu hawaii thanks glenn thanks for coming on the podcast how are you doing today or should i say aloha Aloha, aloha from the uh, from the Aloha State here in beautiful Honolulu, Hawaii. And I got to say, I'm here in Washington D.C. and there is snow on the ground, and it is. I think the high today is in the 30s or maybe in the 40s. Uh, I got to ask, what's the weather like out there right now? Uh, we're down to about a chilly uh, low on the in the low 80s today. We got a little bit of heavy trade winds coming through, but anytime it dips down into the seventies, people are in jackets and turtlenecks and freezing. So oh, well, th- no comparison to your cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for sticking out this winter and you're in the tough conditions and we really appreciate everything you do. Uh, so first, before we get into the beer and I have the one that you were so kind enough to mail me here, they have this 75th anniversary. Remember Pearl Harbor, mighty American ale, a limited edition. Uh, I can't wait to get into that. But before we do, I have to ask, what did you do for the 40 minutes uh, that happened recently when, when you got a message that there's going to be an imminent missile strike or an incident, uh, imminent attack uh, on Hawaii? Well, it, it's funny. That's been, the, that's been the talk of the town, and that's been the talk of the pub every night. Everyone, it's almost like on uh, Pearl Harbor Day, everyone remembers what they were doing or where they were. So now that's the that's the new topic of discussion. And my wife and I were actually quite lucky. We were in bed asleep because we had worked a late night prior at the uh, pub. So our cell phone started going wild, and we looked and it said 
ballistic missile attack. This is no drill, almost like Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor attack. This is no drill. Yeah. And but we didn't hear the sirens go off, so we we kind of figured um, it was a it was a false alarm because otherwise the sirens in the neighborhood go you know blaring the first of the month. So we didn't hear that. We just kind of rolled over and went back to bed and said, well, I guess this is the best place to be if something like that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you live in Honolulu? Yeah, we live in Honolulu, just on the east side, out towards Sonoma Bay, if you've ever been. Out, oh, yeah. Uh, about 20 minutes outside of Waikiki. I've been to I've been to, to Oahu twice, and I've actually snorkeled in Hamalma Bay uh, when I was when I was a child, and I just have to say, uh, I recommend that to anyone. The wild, I saw sea turtles, I saw fish I didn't even know existed. Uh, I saw, of course, the. Tri- oh, it's like it's, it's like swimming. In, it's like swimming in a giant fish tank. That that was named the number one white sandy beach in the United States. I think top of the list a couple of times over the over the past few years. So we're about five minutes away from that. Yeah. Lucky to to live Hawaii, as they say. Right, right, for sure. You brew beer, and you have uh, a brewseum, and you have a a tourist company. And before we get into all that, I have, like I said, I have this beer here. And so since it's 2 p.m. in the afternoon, 2.30 now in the afternoon here, I have no problem uh, drinking. It's 9 a.m. or 9.30 your time, so... Uh, I guess I'll be drinking alone, but that's okay. But I'm gonna go ahead and open the beer, and I'm gonna give, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it the, give it a taste test here, and uh, talk a little about it. Uh, but first, if you could tell talk to me a little bit how you got into brewing beer and all your other accomplishments right now. You bet. So my wife and I, Janet and I, started a company called Home of the Brave back in 1991, and it was to take our Pearl Harbor survivors and their families back to the battlefield sites that were attacked. Um, well, 76 years ago now, we just commemorated the 76th anniversary this past December. It was supposed to be a one-shot deal for our Pearl Harbor survivors, um, and it was such a hit. They said, hey, we're going to bring our grandkids back, our family, and we've been operating ever since. So it was kind of a hobby turned into a full-time job. I had an interest in World War II history, and so that, once again, that's dating back to December 1991, we ran a historical military-based tour program taking our World War II veterans to Wheeler Field. That was our fighter command post. Uh, Schofield, our home of the 25th Tropic Lightning. And it's it's still the largest uh, Army post outside the continental United States. And they have a great little Tropic Lightning uh, Division museum. I actually worked with the uh, two-star general at the time over there to open up the museum um, in 1991 in conjunction with the 50th anniversary we would visit Hickam, which was our bomber command post. So we heard these stories from these World War II veterans. We say that were better, sometimes worse than any Hollywood movie. And I mention that because a lot of these guys never even shared their stories. Even the families hadn't even heard it. They were told, you know, suck it up, soldier. Uh, and they, these guys went home after the war and, and never talked about it. Well, this was a, kind of a healing for these guys to come back to their battlefield site Fast forward to 2009, I have three kids, all three kids, believe it or not, born and raised here in Hawaii, ended up going to school in Colorado, the craft brew capital of the world, some say. I was going to say, yeah. And my oldest boy, Duke, he was calling me saying, Dad, we got to get in the beer business. This is the new, you know, this is the new hot ticket. And 
it hadn't been uh, it hadn't arrived in Hawaii. We're always about two or three years behind the power curve of everything that happens on the U.S. mainland. What year was this when your son was like, "We got to get into craft beer"? Uh, two thousand nine is when we actually started the beer company. Okay. So, okay. so about two two thousand five, two thousand six, he's brewing beer with his buddies, homebrew. And so when he was set to graduate, he did his, I think they call it a capstone, like his senior thesis, if you will, yeah. on opening up a brewing company and a brew pub here in Hawaii with a military theme. So just taking it off the home of the brave um, idea that we had run for, for so many previous years. And he got an A in it uh, on, the, on the project, came home, and a buddy of his, who uh, I mentioned Odell's Brewing Company, was one of the brewers, Agreed to write all the recipes. So that beer that you're you're hopefully sipping now. I am sipping it right now. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Doyle. That's a high octane beer, higher than we normally brew. I think that's eleven point five percent. Oh yeah, it'll and it will we, take you where you're trying to go. And I like I said, I there I, I opened it and I it's poured good. I poured a gla- a pint glass sitting in front of me. And as you were talking, I haven't I hadn't tasted it yet, and I could just like smell the alcohol. Uh, it and and <laughs> and as I as I bring the the pint glass closer to my lips and my nose, you know. It, I can. It, it's. It is rich. I can just smell the spices in it, and the spiciness is the first thing that it hits in my palate. Uh, and then, and then the, mm-hmm. al- the alcohol kind of washes it away. But it is. It is an. Is it an amber ale? How would you categorize this? Oh, uh, we we you know we were calling it a strong a strong ale, but we couldn't get. We got. Uh, we got nixed by the. Uh, what do you call the guys? The TTB. The label. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not allowed to use strong on a beer label, strong ale. So hmm. um, we called Jeff and said, you know, what is this beer? And we wanted it to be high octane because we wanted it to last the commemorative year. Well, heck, we're past the 75th commemorative year. So you're drinking a beer that's over a year, year and a few months old. Well and aged. So that's why well we aged. may want to make it high octane. Okay. Yeah. So we said, what do we call it? And he goes, how about Mighty? And I said, that's even better than Strong American Ale. So we have, it's, it was to commemorate the 75th anniversary and all of our Pearl Harbor survivors that visited the museum and their families got a bottle of that. And we cracked open the first set of bottles with the uh, 75th anniversary. We had a whole block party and we had, um, we had compare, compare the number here about 200 Pearl Harbor survivors this last year, not for the 75th a few months ago or a couple a month or so ago, for the 75th, 200, compare that to 6,000 back in 1991 when we actually started Home of the Brave. And you get an idea, most of these guys have passed on. So the, the, the whole company's uh, motto is remember, honor, salute. You'll see that on all of our, um, all of our, uh, marketing and advertising it's actually screened on on the benches and the tables on at the brew pub and all throughout the museum um we remember the uh we remember the battle honor the sacrifice and salute the brave so to speak both military present day and and our our world war ii korean war vietnam vet gulf war and of course our our heroes of today and just kind of as a as a side note I'm not allowed to use the H word in the museum with a lot of these World War II veterans. They don't like it. Isn't hero? Hero. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. here in Hawaii, the derogatory uh, word for uh, for a Caucasian guy is howley. So that's the big joke. You talk about, oh, you're not allowed to use howley. I said, no. The word is hero, and I've been 
I've had a lot of fingers pointed in my face. As a young man, you remember this. I wasn't a hero that day. It was the kids killed next to me. And don't you ever forget it. So it's a common thread that we hear from our, as as they've been called, our greatest generation Mm -hmm. um, to remember the sacrifice. And so that that beer, like you said, that you're sipping was was brewed specifically to last throughout the commemorative year and to honor, you know, our American veterans. It it is mighty. It is very good. It, it's definitely not a beer that I would drink normally at this time of day. It is something that I would pour in maybe a sniffer and kind of sip and savor. Uh, what was it like to sit with these? Pearl Harbor survivors and 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 veterans of, of of the attacks on Pearl Harbor and be able to hand them a beer that you that you brewed for them. I'm sure that was a, a very touching moment. It was awesome. We uh, actually did the same thing. Not we had a uh, a dark ale that we brewed for the 70th anniversary five years earlier, and that was more. I want to. I don't want to say more drinkable, but like you said, this is more of a sipping beer. That bottle. I, I don't know that I'd recommend you sitting there and drinking the whole thing and getting in the getting in the vehicle. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> but, I know I, I I definitely won't. And, yeah yeah I, I definitely won't. And we always want to remind everyone to drink responsibly. But I will be sharing this beer with some of my coworkers who are looking into the studio right now, longingly wishing they could awesome. be me, wishing they could be me. <laughs> and so that's what most people that do come in the pub and they order the 75th. I think you got one of the last bottles. We oh, wow. it, it lasted about a year with the with the cases that we did. But back to your answering your question, how was it? You know, these stories that we heard from our from our World War II veterans and of course our Pearl Harbor survivors, there's not many of these guys left. Yeah. And some of the stories where I mentioned earlier they were better, sometimes worse than any Hollywood movie. Yeah, when we're talking about Pearl Harbor again, this past December seventh, of course, was uh, was the was the anniversary. I had the had the honor of uh, interviewing the second oldest living Pearl Harbor survivor. His name's Jim Downing, uh, and he's I believe one hundred and four or one hundred and five right now. And he's like I said, is the second oldest living uh, survivor of Pearl Harbor. He was I think twenty seven uh, when when the Japanese uh, started uh, attacked Pearl Harbor, of course. Uh, and I, like wow. I said, I had, I had the opportunity to interview him and I wrote an article. Those experiences that that are most memorable for me are the the one-on-one um, that I would have with the, the not only Pearl Harbor survivors, but World War II veterans would tell these unbelievable stories. And as I mentioned, not, not to be a repeater, are, are unbelievable better and sometimes worse than any Hollywood movie. Another fellow that was a good friend, We've had the uh, the aviators that got airborne that day fought back over the skies of Oahu on December seventh. All these fellows are have passed away. We even had a Japanese uh, pilot that flew a Val dive bomber on the USS West Virginia, donated his stories and and some of the artifacts. So we have the Japanese oh my gosh. Um, pilot uniform right next to the American. And one of the, one of one of my favorite guys was. Um, and I say way it was, he passed away at 100 years old, was John Finn. He was our first Medal of Honor recipient of World War II. And he was fighting back at Kaneohe, today as a Marine Corps base. It was a naval air station mm-hmm, that's right. and refused to leave his post. He was the old man at the time. He was 32 years old. They called yeah. him old man. He was a Navy chief. But he was peppered with machine gun fire, shrapnel, refused to leave his post, almost bled to death because... He was manning the gun, uh, the 50 cal on the tarmac 
um, trying to protect those seaplanes, which were a long-range reconnaissance aircraft, and actually trying to protect these young kids on the ramp screaming, get back in the hangar, get into the revetments. Um, but he made it through, and the most humble guy you would ever meet. And what was really cool, um, just a little over a year ago, we had the uh, commissioning of the USS John Finn, and it's the newest destroyer in the uh, Navy's arsenal. So his family came out, and John used to come out um, and, and hang out at the museum. So I got to meet all of his family. After the commissioning, we had a big party at the home of the Brave Museum. Besides John Finn, who is, once again, the first recipient of the Medal of Honor during World War II, and we used to say he's the oldest because he, he lived to be 100 years old. He's since passed. Yeah. Not only do we have our World War II heroes, but this is the everyday you know, your G.I. Joe, your, 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 your soldier, sailor, airman, marine, coast guardman, national guardsman. The stories of these, just the regular Joe um, and the families now are sharing their stories because whether you like it or not, when you come in the pub, you're going to get some World War II history. And they love it. Yeah. So we can just share with them just a little bit. Our museum and the Bruseum is a touchy-feely um, place where we call it hands-on history. Let's let's talk about this for a second. So I think what's so interesting here is that you're obviously a history buff. I can I can tell. I can hear the passion in your voice. And you own a a, a museum that you call a Bruseum, which I love. By the way, I love I love the name Bruseum. Um, I'm I'm, I'm kind of mad that I didn't think of it. Uh, but you have weapon. You have weapons. You have vehicles. You have fo- photographs. And if I'm not mistaken, all are 100% real, and they were donated to you by veterans. And I think. Uh, your museum is the largest private collection of pers- of Pacific World War II memorabilia in existence. Is that correct? That's that's correct. And and most important, you touched on it. Everything donated by veterans and their families. So these stories, and it's the stories that go behind all the artifacts. Our quest now is to keep our museum alive with that huge collection. Our home of the brave. So we have the home of the brave museum in the back of that building. We have our one-barrel brew system. We have four two-barrel uh, fermenters, which means our one-barrel brew system, we're doing a double batch. So it's a 12-hour day to basically make about three and a half, four kegs if we stretch it, of beer. Wow. And That's a small operation. We, we, it, 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 it's a lot of work for the uh, the small amount of beer that we make. But And then next door to that is the bruising. Yeah. So it's actually two buildings on the building that we rent from our landlord. So you have the museum, brewery in the back, as mentioned. Then next door is the Bruseum, which seats about 50, 60 people max. And you can actually sit in a 1942 uh, Navy Jeep in the Bruseum and have a beer. It's the same year and model that Admiral Nimitz was driven around Honolulu. So you can sit in the Admiral Nimitz Jeep and you wow, know, you so airplanes flying around the ceiling. Yeah, you, so you, sounds like you okay. guys sounds like you guys have it's like hands on history. Not only can you go see it and see it for your own eyes, but you can feel it. You can sit in the Jeep. You can uh, you can sit on uh, the 1942 Army issue Harley Davidson. Which I mean, look, I, I was born outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and we're talking about beer. And and Harley Davidson is is, is uh, near and dear to my heart. For me. 
I, that makes me want to, to get on a ticket and fly to the 80 degree weather and, and, and to be able to just to do that. Uh, you know, I assume you guys have helmets and you can actually pick up the helmets to see what what uh, soldiers, uh, what they had to carry uh, up up and down uh, in the islands in the, in the Pacific. You can, you can put your hands on some of these weapons and some of these sandbags. Uh, it, it's just incredible things that you would not be able to do if you walked down to a Smithsonian. Like there's no way they would let you, no way they would let me touch anything, you know, Um let alone if I was drinking or not. Well, and that's that's how we're trying. We're, that's how we're trying to make it, make history come alive, especially for a younger generation. That that you know there is that disconnect between our millennials and and I say that I have three of them who even grew up in in the in the museum. But yeah, hands on history. Put the helmets on. Hop in the jeep. We worked with the Disney film crew in the making of that movie Pearl Harbor. Now they got off the storyline. It was more of a romance. Yeah, but they used the jeep, the Harley, the helmets, a lot of the uh, wow, a lot of the props that you see in there. So there's some really cool history, not only in the Bruseum, but of course the museum. And I should also mention upstairs above the museum, we now have a World War II. People are calling it a speakeasy. I call it like a hidden officers club. So it's kind of a blast to the past. Downstairs, you can sit in on the Harley, as we mentioned. Uh, uh, we have a 45 Ford Jeep Army issue uh, that you can sit and put the helmets on, grab the guns. And then upstairs, you have to have a secret knock to get into the, oh, uh, wow. That's so into cool. the, uh, the hidden doorway <laughs> and um, give, you a, give you a little secret. The hidden knock is Morse code for V for victory. Okay. So my wow. wife will greet okay. you when you come in downstairs. And you got to have that secret knock, and then when when we open up the door, we say welcome to 1942, and it's it's truly a blast to the past with photos. There's actually a piece of the USS Arizona uh, wow. off the superstructure, which of course is the, the it was sunk on Pearl Harbor, and it's a memorial that we spoke about earlier, uh, where you can go out and visit. And actually, if you were assigned to the USS Arizona, uh, Texas Pearl Harbor, uh, you can. And, and once you pass, you can go be buried with your ship with your shipmates that didn't make it out that day, which is, as you said, extremely touching and and powerful. To yeah, see. it's yeah. awesome. Uh, t- tell me about some of the other beers. What are some of the beers? Can can you can, can you uh, do you guys make? And can you do you distribute to other parts of the island? Uh, I think you guys used to be in some officers clubs on on some military bases in Oahu. So real quick, uh, beer history with us. All of our beers have tie-ins with World War II history, whether it be a particular soldier, sailor, airman, marine. Um, they're named after them or uh, even like a, a battle. We we are now commemorating uh, into February the Battle of Guadalcanal. So we had a Guadalcanal with an E on the end, a Guadalcanal. Uh, oh, smart. And, Guadalcanal. And so once again, we're able to sneak in a little bit of World War II history with all of our beers. Yeah. And We'd have to ship it across the water uh, via the Tug and Barge Company, put it in cold storage. We were humping kegs to all the different military uh, clubs here in Ireland. We were front and center taps, and everyone was clapping for us, you know, tapping us on the back. Congratulations. Wow, you guys are in the beer business. It was really cool. Sounds very expensive to be able to distribute all across the mainland. And then we started getting requests for bottled beer. Hey, where where can we get your packaged beer? Hey, well, let's jump into that. So the, the Maui was at their max capacity. They only do cans. They've never done. Yeah, bottles. I've only had They're Maui cans and kicks. Yeah, we we get Maui Maui beer here in D.C. and I, I mean I've had it at bars and uh and I've only seen it in cans. I've never seen it in in a, in a bottle. And the, and there's a reason for that. 
there's a reason for that is is shipping and the, the cost. It will cost you the same amount to send an empty bottle from the mainland as the same cost of having those bottles uh, full of beer. And we were getting so many requests for it um, from the different uh, military, uh, not only the commands, we do a lot. We did a lot of hail farewells and that type of thing on the military basis. You know, just to bring over to parties and that right, type of thing. To hey, give let's to support someone, Home yeah. of the Brave because yeah. they love the museum and so on. Uh, here in Hawaii, more people became thirsty for craft beer. Instead of, they call it the green bottle. A lot of local people drink Heineken hmm. and Bud Light. And so then craft beer started to become the uh, the hot ticket here. We decided, hey, we're going to bite the bullet and we're going to open up a microbrewery here on island. And we actually had the University of Hawaii, the MBA program, come in and run the numbers to build a 15-barrel brew house in what is today the Brewseum. Yeah. And they said, you still you still don't have the numbers to sustain this. The building's too small. You know, you need warehousing and so on. Um, and distribution. We had the distribution, of course. Yeah. But we just didn't have – we've always been underfunded from day one with everything that we've done. And so I, I mention that. Anyone that wants to get in the beer business, um, you know, make sure you have the proper funding because that was one of the uh, challenges – that we faced then and we still face today. So what we did is we bought a small brew system. The MBA guys came in, they said, you can, if you can sell your beer for seven, eight bucks, you know, for, for your craft beer, um, and set yourself different than, different than your domestics and everything else what? out there. Maybe you can make a go of it with a brew pub. Was it seven or eight so bucks for, for the, for seven, eight bucks a pint for a pint? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So, Yes, yeah, so at the bar. Yeah. Bucks, we get seven, eight bucks uh, a pint, and then even nine dollars for high octane stuff like that, a, a mighty American ale. Yeah, um, and it's it's a boutique beer, and and what you're paying for is not only the beer, but the experience to come in and you know sit amongst our our heroes on the wall, and it, it's it's really kind of a blast of the past to have a beer with all these artifacts and everything else, but. Not I, I, I kind of got off track when you were asking about the different beers. So okay. we have twelve different, twelve different beers um, that that we brew seasonally, and we our Pilot Pale Ale is our flagship beer. Probably our most popular beer is we call it the four four two, um, go for broke ale, and that was named after our local Japanese Nisei soldiers who fought during World War Two, and it's uh, it's. Five different hop varieties. It's a hopped up um, American amber, and it's absolutely delicious. We can't within two three days those those kegs are those kegs are gone, and that's you know in pouring it in our pub and in the wiki wacky woo bar speakeasy upstairs. Wow! And so, unfortunately, with the the small system that we have, um, we just. We just can't sell our beer out. We can't afford to sell our beer outside. Yeah, and so it's you got to get it from the source. Compa- you got to get it from the source. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you got to come down and sit in the 1942 Nimitz Jeep to drink the uh, 442, um, and 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 enjoy one of our home of the brave beers. And so brewing our own, and then being able to share the uh, the stories of World War II. Our goal with our Bruseum is to expand and open up Bruseums across the country oh, cool. near military installations. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the next step. You know, please help support the Home of the Brave to keep this 
keep the lights on in the museum because since we're no longer doing the tour programs, um, we don't have that revenue to keep that going. So. Well, if you find yourself in Hawaii, especially in Honolulu, please make your way over to Home of the Brave Brewing. Check out the Bruseum. And remember, the secret knock is V for victory in Morse code. Did I get that correctly, sir? You got it. All right, Absolutely. And, and last question. Do you have any beers with pineapple in it? Pineapple. Only no, because it's Hawaii. Done mango. You done mango. Okay. okay. Mango and Lilikoi passion. Fruit. Oh yeah, I've had Lilikoi beer before. Uh, some actually, the brewery in Colorado makes a wheat ale with they call it Lilikoi and it has passion fruit and it is phenomenal. So yeah, uh, love all the tropical flavors. Glenn, thanks so much for taking the time. And yet again, if you find yourself on in paradise of Hawaii, please make your way to Home of the Brave Brewing and check out their brewery. Thanks, Glenn. Thank you. Appreciate it. Aloha. Aloha. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.